Welcome to the Ignition Point Podcast. This is where, from time to time, Jeremiah and I get to share what's on our hearts with all of you. So thanks for logging in, and we hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Ignition Point Podcast. We're so happy to have you listening in with us again today. And we are going to talk about staying the course, what it means to finish the race set before us in the good times, in the hard times, in the exciting times, the boring times, (laughs) whatever it is, that we are able to keep putting one foot in front of the other and stay the course. But before we jump into that, We want to update all of you on our most recent trip to Europe. As some of you who are regular listeners to this podcast might know, Courtney and I took our very first ministry trip to Germany just a couple of weeks ago, where we got to spend, what, almost a week with our missionary friend, Mark, and we ministered in two different churches, one in the city of Essen and the other in the city of Basel, and we got to meet some of Mark's friends, and we were just really amazed by how quickly and easily we were able to connect with everybody there. I mean, the ministry times were great. The worship times were great. The times preaching were great. There was just good stuff in every service. But we feel like we met part of our family there. For sure. It was an amazing few days. There was one night, actually the final night, that I think I'll kind of take with me forever. It was a final worship night, and everyone from both churches was coming together. People had invited friends. Some of Mark's buddies from school had asked to come, and we had already spent some good time with some of these guys from Syria, amazing guys, and they were there that night, and so it just felt like this beautiful group of people. And the worship began, and it was just something special from the beginning. And I'll never forget, I got up just to share for a while in the middle about the love of God. And it was like one of those moments, I don't know if you've ever had a moment like this, where it seems as though the more you talk about the love of God, the more that the love and the presence of God and just the beauty of who Jesus is and how he sees us can be felt in the room. And it was like you could just see in every person's face, and I had a unique perspective because I was standing in front of them, you could just see them just just seeing the beauty of Jesus and feeling the beauty of the love of God. And I remember at one point, it was almost like you could have heard a pin drop in the room. It was just so precious and holy. And I don't know, I will take it with me forever. And at the end, Jeremiah went into one of his songs, My Heart is Yours, that normally we sing in Portuguese, but they had translated into German. Oh, yeah. And it was just a guten tag. It was just (laughs) this beautiful moment. People were down in front on their knees, just crying out in German, my heart is yours, my heart is yours forever and ever. Ah, I loved it. And it's so unique because what we hear so often is that Christianity in Europe is dying, that the churches are closing and becoming museums, and and that radical Islam is just taking over the continent. But what we got to see in that week in Germany was the complete opposite. The church is alive. There are people full of passion for the presence of God and and just full of the love of Jesus, and it was just so encouraging. So we left that trip, came all the way back home, and I was home for about 36 hours (laughs) or something like that, before I got back on a plane and went all the way back to the Netherlands, which was actually only about a two-hour car ride from where we had been in Germany. But I got to spend about another week there in the Netherlands in support of another worship leader, a guy named Paul Wilbur, who I have the privilege of traveling with quite a bit. And we were ministering in three different cities where I got to play keyboard for him and kind of co-lead some of the worship in the cities of Zwolle, Amsterdam, and Rotterdam. And it was, again, just another example of this unexpected passion for the presence of God 
that seems to be welling up across Europe. So the report is to all of you, Europe is not hopeless. God is doing something there, and we are so excited to be a part of it. And then in just a few days, we leave for Brazil, and we know that God is just opening up the doors to us in the nation. So we're going to ask something that we don't normally ask on the podcast, but we have Brazil in a few days, Lithuania, back to Hesifi, Brazil in July, Zambia, Europe again with Portugal and France and Germany, and then finishing the year in Uganda. And whether it's, you know, the pulpit preaching the word of God, whether it's at a lunch table with someone or the love project where we use the arts with at-risk kids and teenagers or the beautiful community for women, whatever the method may be, everywhere we go, we carry this message of passion and purpose, passionate relationship with Jesus. When you combine that together with fearlessly by the grace of God, pursuing his destiny for your life, that is what changes the world. One encounter, one life at a time. And this is the message that we carry, but we need your help to carry it. We can't just, you know, fundraise trip by trip for each one of these things. So we ask you if if you would just pray about being a monthly supporter with us. The only reason we've been able to do it this far in the way that we do it is because of those who already partner with us monthly. And I know even for us, there are many missionaries that we partner with monthly because we know that that's how they sustain the long vision of what it is that God has called them to do. So if you feel it in your heart or if you've been moved in some way by our ministry, would you consider that? And you can easily go to our website, theignitionpoint.org, and sign up easily for a monthly donation and be part of our team, which is really what we're asking for, is if you believe in this vision, if you believe in the message that we carry, then join the team with us and help us carry it to these nations of the world. Amen to that. (laughs) When we come back from the break, we'll have our What's Inspiring Us section. To feel you, to know that you are there. To see you, oh, to be the object of your stare. To hear you, speaking to this heart of mine. It's all I need to survive. It is all I need to survive. Yes, it is all I need to survive. Welcome back. So this is the part of the podcast where we talk about what's been inspiring us lately. And I know Courtney and I both agree that this month we've really been inspired by our missionary friend, Mark Schubert. He's the guy who we spent the time with in Germany who really helped open the doors for us there. But he has an amazing story. He is a man in his later 50s at this point, 
Uh, he spent a lot of time early on in Jacksonville, and his mother actually lives about a mile away from, from us. us. Yeah, but we knew him from many, many years ago. And then he moved to Brazil. He felt the call of God on his life to move there, and he gave sixteen years of life yeah. to the nation of Brazil. He became fluent in Portuguese. He started a church. He started a publishing company. He had a really successful itinerant ministry down there, really stirring up revival in so many of the churches. And then about two years ago, he felt like the Lord was telling him to make a change in direction, a complete change, to move to Germany. So he sold everything he had and bought a plane ticket and went to Germany, (laughs) not knowing anybody, not having any contacts or connections, just having the instruction of the Lord. So he went, I think it was to the city of Cologne first. Yeah. And just enrolled in a, a German language school, which he needed German proficiency to establish residency there. So he began to study, and he was in classes with a lot of people from the different Middle Eastern countries that had been refugees, also there, learning German. So he became friends with a bunch of those people, started studying Arabic from them at night, and just developed some beautiful relationships with people that we don't normally get the chance to have relationship with. And he moved from there to the city of Essen about a year after that and got connected to another German school, made a lot of friends there, and then met a Brazilian pastor who had actually moved over there to plant German churches, which is so cool and actually so rare. So he's been a part of these churches, just building relationships and really starting to pioneer revival in Germany again. And it's been astounding. But Courtney and I both are just so impressed and inspired by his story because it says a couple different things to us. It says, one, what the Lord instructs us to do, He will make a way for us to do. And we might not see the full picture. It might be a huge step of faith to obey what He's calling us to do. But at the same time, there is always provision. There is always the plan. The Lord always leads us and guides us. I mean, as the Word says, that He's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. The other thing that inspires us so much about Mark is that you're never out of the game. (laughs) You know, at a time in life where so many in ministry are planning their exit, their slow decline, they're planning on how they're going to fade out and maybe pass something on to the next generation, Mark is still in it, full bore, like still just going after the plan and the purpose of God no matter where he is. So this week I know he's back in Brazil ministering in something like 10 churches in 10 days, something really crazy as far as schedule goes, but he is that kind of guy. He's going after it. He is, he is just running with everything that's inside of him. So Courtney and I really admire so much about Mark, and we know that his ministry would be an inspiration to so many of you as well. So we actually want to invite you all to support what he's doing as well. It's time for us to just support the work of the kingdom in the nations. You can find more information about Mark on his website, markschubert.com. It's M-A-R-K-S-H-U-B-E-R-T. He's one of the missionaries that we support every month, and we know that you will really be blessed by supporting him as well. So when we come back from the break, we'll jump into our topic, Staying the Course. Seeing you rising, I've seen you fall. I'm right by your side every time that you call. Long and hard and thick and thin I'm just around the bend So don't go away I've been waiting here all 
like a thousand years I've been knocking on your door To bring peace to your storm If you just walk with me Just talk with me Please come walk with me you talk with me talk with me yeah 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 come walk with me come talk with me come walk with me walk with me won't you talk with me talk with me So let's talk about staying the course. When you look at the term stay the course, it's actually like a battle term. It's used in terms of war, and it means to pursue a goal regardless of obstacles or criticism, to continue in what you are pursuing or planning to do until it is finished or achieved. I mean, you go after it and you tackle it and you get her done. You know what I mean? But Jesus is the perfect example. The first time I read that definition, I saw it say, and you know, pursue it until it is finished. Of course, I'm picturing the Lord on the cross after all that he'd walked through, the beautiful, miraculous moments, the awful moments, Gethsemane, the torture, everything. And then he had that moment on the cross where he was able to say, it is finished. Because I believe the Lord knew at that point, though he had not resurrected from the dead yet, he had already won the battle. Like yeah. he had won the battle of his will. He had won the battle of quitting or opting out because it got too hard. He had taken it to the cross. He had taken it to the end and it was finished, yeah. you know? And that is the model that he's given to us. That is what he's asking us to do. So how do we do that in our own life, in the call that God has given us, and we are pursuing his plan and his purpose for our life, whatever role we have in the kingdom of God, how do we stay the course? Well, I want to give you three ways. Number one, you have to seek God. You have to seek the face of God. In Psalm chapter 27, David is writing, and he goes on at the end in verse 13 and 14, And he says, I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. I love the confidence that he exudes in this phrase because he's not seeing it yet. He's still in the waiting. He's still staying the course. The battle has not been won yet, you know, but he's saying, I will see it. And I was reading this one day and I was thinking, how did he get to that place where he had that faith to be able to so confidently say that? Right. And so I backed up a little bit. And they tell you, I mean, it gives it to you right there in verse eight, where he says, my heart says of you, seek his face. And then David's response is your face, Lord, I will seek. So it was in seeking God. And David set such a great example for us in that. 
We have to spend time with the Lord. We have to read the Bible. We have to pray. We have to listen for the voice of God. We have to spend time in worship. And I don't just say that because I'm married to a worship leader. (laughs) But it's so important that each of us has our own time, whether you're singing to the Lord, which is biblical, like it's throughout Scripture, Old Testament and New, to sing songs of praise to God. And whether that's in the car, in your shower, or up early before the rest of the family, and or or even if it's just praising God. Like sometimes, honestly, in church, it can be a little distracting because the words are on the screen and there's so many people around and it's easy just to stand there singing the songs and you're not actually even thinking about the Lord. Like you're not making a heart connection with the Lord. Right. You're on autopilot. <laughs> right. It's autopilot worship. And sometimes I will find myself doing that. And so what I'll do in those moments, because I the seeking God it doesn't look a certain way. It's about your heart connecting right. with the Father and, and with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And and so in, even in the middle of a church service, I'll just close my eyes, I'll quit singing the words, and I'll just start to talk to the Lord, usually to thank Him, first of all, for anything I can think of to thank Him for, and then just to tell Him how beautiful He is, how much I love Him, and you know, just to extol the Lord, as David <laughs> says repeatedly. And in that place, suddenly... I feel the presence of God. Suddenly my heart is open to hear his voice. So I encourage you, you must seek him. And just like David, when you find that place of seeking him, you will be able to more confidently stay the course. But the second thing you have to do is remember. So I want to take you to the book of Lamentations. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I know, right? It's an interesting (laughs) book. Follows up Jeremiah, and it's... uh, Maybe he's having a bad day when he wrote Lamentations. I'm not quite sure. I was. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) he wrote it today. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But Lamentations chapter 3, he's going off a little. I mean, it starts with, I am the man who has seen affliction. And it kind of continues along that course. But if you jump in with me at verse 19, he says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, my bitterness and my gall. Like, I remember all the mess, all the yuck, you know? But then he says in verse 21, yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Another translation says, yet I still dare to have hope when I remember this. And he goes on to talk about the Lord's great love is never failing. His mercies are new every morning and and the next few scriptures are beautiful. But the point I want to make about that is it is in the remembering that we are able to birth hope in our hearts. Mm. And not long ago, last fall of 2017, I was driving in my car one day and I just felt like the Lord put this in my heart to go back and read my last 10 years of journals, which I am a pretty avid journaler. Yeah, we're talking about boxes and boxes <laughs> of journals. Literally, there was like a huge box overflowing next to my bed for a month. And that was all I read for a month was 10 years of journals. But this is what I felt like the Lord spoke to me in my car that day. I want you to remember and be satisfied because... And I was like, well, because what, Lord? Dot, dot, dot. Right. (laughs) Dot, dot, dot. Exactly. There was no follow-up to that. But I want you to remember and be satisfied. And as soon as I heard that word satisfied, I thought of something that that they often say in Brazil, when you're finished with a meal, Brazilians love to continue feeding you. You know, it's part of the culture, especially if you're at a chahascaria or something and the meat just keeps coming and coming. And and they'll often say, no, such as feta, such as feta, which means I'm satisfied. It doesn't mean I'll never be hungry again. But in this moment, I have 
tasted and seen <laughs> that the Lord is good in this picanha, which is their delicious cut of meat that they have oh, there that yeah. we love. Jeremiah loves picanha. But it reminds me of what David said in the Psalms, you know, taste and see that the Lord is good. So when we remember, when we make ourselves stop, and we don't necessarily look at the circumstances of the moment, but we go back and we recall, it was beautiful for me to read 10 years of journals and see the faithfulness of God, even when things were extremely difficult, even when I was walking through some of the most difficult circumstances of my life at that point, the the Lord was still faithful and it was so neat to go back and see the thread of that faithfulness and to see he has never left me or forsaken me. He's not going to start now. And that's why it's so important to remember. So how do you stay the course? First, you seek the face of God. Second, you take time to stop and to remember his goodness. And as you remember, hope is going to build inside of you. That is what Jeremiah tells us in Lamentations, that hope is going to build inside of us. And that hope is going to build faith. And when we have faith, then we can fight the good fight. So now I want you to go with me to Ephesians chapter 6, because this talks to us about how do we fight. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. When you've sought the face of God, when your hope is built and you have faith in who he promises to be. And who he's always been. Exactly. And who he's always been through the stories of your life and through the stories of the word of God. That alone should be enough to build your faith. Then you understand that it's not you being good enough. It's not you being strong enough. It's not you having all that it takes to up and leave everything you've established in your life and move to Germany like Mark did, or have a baby, or whatever it is that God is calling you to do right now that may feel terrifying and overwhelming. It is through the Lord and in His mighty power that you stand. And it goes on to talk about putting on the full armor of God, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, that that we're wrestling against a spirit realm, right? Against the rulers of this world that are evil, and they're against our lives. But then he says, as you read down a little further, and when you've done all that you can to stand your ground, after you've done everything, stand, hold the ground, stand firm, because God has given you, he goes on to describe, you know, the armor, which I'm not going to get into every detail of that. But then he says in verse 18, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind, be alert and attentive, always keep on praying. That is one of the ways that we fight Pray, never stop praying. Keep praying for the same things over and over and believing that God is hearing you and you are building up those prayers and they are working. They are doing what God has sent them to do, you know, and you're going to see those prayers answered. So why? Why does it matter that we stay the course? Why does it matter that we don't give up, you know, because we carry something precious. If you're a believer, You carry Christ in you, the hope of glory. You carry something precious inside of you. You carry the light of the world. You carry the love of God. You carry the hope to the nations, the hope to your neighbor, to every person that you come in contact with. And of course, Satan hates that. So he is going to war against your life to keep you from acting and living like a daughter or a son of God, to keep you struggling, to keep you acting more like a slave. There's all these descriptions in 
scripture about us being daughters and sons and not slaves anymore. And Satan wants to push against that. He wants to keep you from that. But if you fight, then lives are changed and everyone around you is impacted. And I just encourage you, like this whole stay the course thing actually started quite a number of years ago. Um, I was getting ready to go back to Brazil for one of the first times in a couple years. So it, it must have been a while ago, maybe nine years ago or something. I don't really remember now. But we realized my visa had expired. Uh Uh-oh. Right? I know. And I was having a lot of health issues at the time that were unexplainable. So they were running all these weird tests on my brain, you know, stuff where the doctors are like, the last thing you need to be doing is leaving the country, you know? And so we're, I'm sometimes a little bit stubborn. And I said, oh, it's fine. Mm -hmm. It's fine. And we sent off my passport to get the visa and then realized my passport should have been back by now. And I remember laying in our bed because I was sick and I was having blurred vision, just all this crazy stuff. And I remember laying in the bed, praying to the Lord, like, God, is this your sign? Maybe I shouldn't be going. What should I do? And I felt like the Lord spoke to me like, Courtney, do you want to go to Brazil or don't you? And I said, yes, I want to go to Brazil. And then all I heard was stay the course. And that was the first time the Lord had used that terminology with me. So we did. It's nerve-wracking when you're like a week before a trip and you don't have a passport. But you've already purchased the tickets. You've already spent thousands of dollars, but yet you don't have your passport. And a day goes by, and another day goes by. And now we're getting down to crunch time. And so I find the number for the Brazilian consulate in Miami, and I call and try to find somebody that speaks English and ask them, you know, please find this passport. Give us at least the status, what to expect of when we'll get it back. And I had some conversations back and forth with the consulate there, and and they had assured me on this one day, we put it in the mail today, this tracking number should work, and the tracking number wasn't working. And so then I go up to our local post office, and I make friends with the manager real quick, and I say, you know, this is the deal. We're leaving in like two or three days. Can you please keep me posted on the status of this package? And then it gets down to the morning that we are supposed to leave. Yes, The package is supposed to be in Jacksonville, but if you've ever tried to search for a package when the U.S. Postal Service is supposed to deliver it, you have to get that thing because once it makes it onto the truck, it could be all day (laughs) before that package makes it to you. And we had a deadline. We had to be at the airport at noon. And so finally, at 11 a.m., I get a phone call from the post office. We have the package. We have the passport. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So, of course, it went down to the The last second where it was like now or never, and the Lord came through. It was crazy. Talk about packing your bags when you have no visa, no passport, no nothing. It was my first like dose of staying the course. And I remember another time right after I had closed an art school that we ran for many, many years, and I was just in a dark time. And, And someone had given me a prophetic word that God was getting ready to put me in the fire. And if I would stay the course, if I'd stay in the fire, then I would come out pure gold, you know, not, not your favorite, like, oh, yay, that's a wonderful prophetic (laughs) word. Thank you so much for that. But I knew it was true. I knew what we were getting ready to walk into with closing the art school. And, and I did, I went into a really dark time after that total identity 
identity crisis and God just stripping me away of everything that was a part of me. But at that time, I remember one day I was crying out to the Lord and saying, God, let me out of this. Like, I don't want to be in this process anymore. I don't want to be in this process of you taking me down to the root of who I am and and being okay with just being your daughter and all the things that God was doing. And I could just hear the Lord like, stay the course. I heard that old Scottish man in Scotland, like, don't get out of the fire. Let him do his work. So I just encourage all of you that are listening to this right now, whether it's because life has become mundane and and you don't feel the excitement that you once did, or whether it's simply because things are difficult, don't give up. Keep pursuing what God has put in front of you. And I want to close with these scriptures because Paul gives us the most beautiful example of these two parts. If you keep reading in that Ephesians chapter 6, he goes on to say in verse 19, while he's in the middle of the fight here, right? He's still trying to stay the course of what God's called him to do. He says, pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Pray for which the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So he's in the middle of the fight, right? He's still trying to stay the course, but then you jump forward to 2 Timothy chapter 4. He's at the end of his days. He's writing his final letter to Timothy. And he says, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And that is the story and the testimony that each of us can only hope to have. That when the battle is thick, and we want to give up, that we say, pray that I would declare the gospel fearlessly as I should, that I would be the light that God has called me to be and love people well, so that at the end we can say, I fought the fight, I have kept the faith, I have run the race. Thanks so much for listening, and be sure to keep an eye out for our next podcast. And stay in touch with us at our website, theignitionpoint.org or on Twitter, or on Facebook, or on Instagram. See you next time.